hello and welcome back to the daily royal a podcast that covers the daily events of all the european royal families today we are going to be talking about the more than i thought but still small number of events that happened saturday march 27th and sunday march 28th of 2021 So I know in our last episode, I was a little um, (laughs) exhausted. I'm feeling much better. Uh, For me, COVID vaccine side effects lasted almost exactly 24 hours, and then I was back to normal. Um, I've been a little tired today, uh, 48 hours later, but for the most part, totally fine. I think it was rainy here, and so that incorporated to a lot of my, like, lazy Sunday attitude. Um, But that is... Like my personal update, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update on the week's plans. So, we are going to do, obviously, the episode today. We're going to cover five of the royal families that I don't talk about. The reason we are only doing five, I thought we were going to do ten. The reason we are only doing five is because it's Easter week, it's Holy Week, and so... Pretty much what's going to happen is some of the royal houses have events scheduled, but after Wednesday, there's nothing. Um, I think there might be one event from the Dutch royal house, and that might be on Thursday, but it may not be. It might be Wednesday. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, So I was thinking Thursday, we would do another five, and then I don't expect to see any um, royal families on Easter this year. Typically, well, it's hard to say typically. Um, in a pre-COVID world, you would see, um, the British royal family, I think, attends a church service. Um, the Spanish royal family always did a public church service, um, on Easter. However, like, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and so those events aren't happening. So, I think for Sunday's episode, we'll go over some more, um, and we might, like, there are 22, so we honestly may do, like, a scattering here and there, because it's, like, one event, there's, like, three events tomorrow, um, now there could be pop-up events, like, that's always something that I'm prepared for in the age of COVID, but just so you all know, like, we're probably just gonna scatter these 22 royal families over the next week, um, just to like talk about them and also to fill up some of the time. Um, if you're interested, cool, listen. If you're not, like you can skip through it. Um, it's always going to be the last part. So I just want to, you know, acknowledge that there are 22 other royal families, even though I only talk about seven. So with all of that rambling, let's go ahead and start talking now about the British royal family because there was nothing going on in Belgium. In the UK, there wasn't, there weren't any actual events. However, there was a pretty big announcement that I want to talk about um, because I am thrilled about this. So today it was announced that the Hold Still project from 
the National Portrait Gallery that the Duchess of Cambridge kind of spearheaded, which was a, it was a photo competition uh, for people to capture the pandemic in photos. Um, so the book and the collection is 100 photos, but there were so many entries into this. Um, so this is the top 100, I guess, from the collection. And so there were a couple of like really cool things that kind of came out of the announcement that have to do with Kate. Um, so there were a series of personal tweets, um, which is, of course, very exciting, um, as well as a new picture that I love. Um, it's a really great picture. I'll have it up on the website. You've probably already seen it, but I'll have it up on the website and the Instagram um, so you can see. Um, and then as well, there was like this really cute like over um, bird's eye view unboxing of the prototype for the book. Um, so the book is available starting on May 7th. You can pre-order it now. I don't know if it's international. Um, I was contemplating pre-ordering, but haven't yet. So I don't know if you can do that internationally because I haven't tried yet. Um, but maybe around May 7th, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, and then the proceeds for the book sales, which is going to be a lot, um, will be split between the National Portrait Gallery to give them some financial assistance during this crazy year that we've been experiencing, um, as well as an organization called Mind Charity that is a top mental health organization. So that is kind of what was going on in terms of like public facing stuff today in the British royal family. I did check um, earlier to see if there was a court circular, but let me check one more time. Um, However, the time has changed in the European Union and the UK. Um, so now we are back to uh, most of Europe being six hours ahead of me and England being five, which is, um, I don't know, exciting for me because sometimes it, it was totally fine. But like events that happen typically later... Um, happened way later for me, like an hour later for me. And so there were things like, um, for example, the state dinner um, that the Spanish royal family took part in in Andorra last week. So typically those state dinners happen at like 8.30, which this one did too. Um, but typically I'm seeing them at 2.30 while I'm preparing my outline. And so, like, it's a little delayed, but this time, that didn't happen until 3.30 my time. Um, and by then, like, I go back to work at 4 p.m., so, like, didn't have a lot of time to talk about it, and I was watching it, so I was late back to work, which is fine. I work for myself. It's not a big deal. But, <laughs> like, it was just... Um, a little odd in terms of scheduling and then the court circular I always tried to record around eight anyway but the court circular would always come out at seven um and so if I ever wanted to record early I could always check the court circular well that 
didn't work when the court circular wasn't coming out till eight. So the time has changed and I'm very excited. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do when this stuff become like when I go to England next year, um, when I spend more time in Europe, like I'm on the same time zone. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. (laughs) That's something I thought about today. Um, but anyway, that's what was going on in the UK. There is no court circular for the weekend, which means there were no events this weekend. Not super surprising. Um, so with that, we are going to, let's see, what family are we skipping down to? Okay, we're jumping all the way to Sweden now. <laughs> um, because there was nothing in any of the other countries. So let's go all the way down to the Swedish royal family. Today in the Swedish royal family, there were several events um, to celebrate the birth of Prince Carl Philip and Princess Sophia's new son, um, who was born Friday morning. Um, so there, this is very normal. Um, I'm really surprised it took place on a Sunday. Um, I was expecting it to happen Monday or a couple of days from now. Um, but I guess with the Easter holiday, like maybe that's why. Um, But, so the first thing is King Carl Gustav will, for all of his grandchildren, has held a council meeting. Usually it's a full council, however, um, because of COVID, it was the prime minister and a few, um, I guess, pertinent ministers. I don't really know what's pertinent in this case. Um, And so during the council meeting, King Carl Gustav will share the name and the duchy that the new baby will hold. Um, So this one is a little bit different and I'll get to his name announcement in just a minute. Um, But this one is a little bit different because in October of 2019, um, a statement was made from the royal household that the only the children of Crown Princess Victoria would be part of the royal household, like, will enjoy the styling of his or her royal highness. Um, and so every other child, grandchild, does not. So anyone born of Prince Carl Philip or Princess Madeline does not have an HRH. Um, Although I'm not sure if the one, I can't remember if the ones that do, that were born with it still have it or not. I don't remember. But it was any additional children would not be born with a styling either. So they, this is the first child that was born with that new rule. So he is part of the royal family or the king's family, but not the royal household. Um, So Spain does something similar in that like... Really, every country does something a little bit similar. Um, The non-heirs to the direct heirs 
to the throne, if that makes sense. Like, the... This is pertinent because it was recently talked about. Um, for example, when the Duke and Duchess of Sussex had their son Archie, he was not entitled to be uh, His Royal Highness Prince Archie until his grandfather is set to become king. That is pretty normal in all these countries. Spain has the same thing. Um, and even theirs goes a little bit further in that when um, the... So... When Felipe became king, his sisters ceased being members of the royal family. Um, they're part of the king's family, but not the royal family. They don't work as royals um, at all. They don't represent the country on trips, like nothing. Um, and presumably the same thing will happen when Leonor becomes queen. Sophia will step out of the role of um, being a member of the royal family. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but like that's the expectation at least right now for children who are 15 and almost 14 so um this is a pretty normal thing but there was a lot of talk about that and then king girl gustav mentioned it in his um speech during the council but then he of course got to the name so i'm actually going to insert the clip of king carl gustav pronouncing the name and the duchy and then i'll come back and just basically translate. I mean, the most of it is like the name and then the duchy. So um, let's hear King Carl Gustav pronounce his new grandson's name. Han kommer att heta Julian Herbert Folke. Och hans titel kommer att bli då prins hertig av Halland. Så Julian Herbert folk yeah <laughs> here's the thing that's why I had him pronounce it because I can't speak Swedish and when I say Julian I say it in a Spanish accent because I'm learning Spanish like <laughs> and I know it's not right so and then he is the Duke of Holland so that is his name they also released a new photo or the first photo um, of him today and it's so cute he so they Online, there's like a ton of comparison pictures of all the Swedish royal family, like babies, because um, they always release these photos like days after they're born. And um, he's the only one that's awake and he's adorable. Um, and it was just, it was really cute. So that was the first thing. And then after the council, um, there is always, again, for a new baby in the royal family. Um, a Thanksgiving or a service of Thanksgiving, um, where, you know, the church basically thanks God for the existence of the new child, um, and wishes the family well. So, uh, in attendance of that were King Carl Gustav, Queen Sylvia, Prince Carl Philip, um, Carl Philip and Sophia's oldest son, Prince Alexander, as well as Princess Sophia's sister, um, was also at the church. So it was a very, like, those were the only people there. Um, it was very small. And then the two, um, leaders of the church, I think one was like the main pastor for the church of Sweden and then someone else. I don't really know. Um, 
But so that was the event. And also I love that they brought Prince Alexander. I think um, Princess Estelle came to Prince Oscar, like the Thanksgiving service for her brother, which was adorable. Um, so I like that they brought Alexander as well. I thought that was really cute. Um, but yeah, so that is what was going on in Sweden today. Very exciting. Um, I know typically, like, like I said, I don't typically talk about Carl, Philip, and Sophia, um, although they seem to be the ones that make it on here the most because they are, um, they're really hardworking royals and they will typically join in on events with their father, with the king and queen and sister, like, and Crown Princess Victoria. Like, that happens a lot. So, they do get talked about, but only in that context. Or also if they have a baby and there are events around the baby. Because who doesn't love a royal baby? Um, okay, so that is what was going on in the two countries that we had to talk about. Um, it's a very weird... This is a very weird recording schedule. Um, okay, so we are going to talk about the first five monarchies that I don't talk about and we're going to take a quick break before we get into that. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard a small little ad there and now you are back. Um, so there are, like I mentioned, 22 royal families. Well, there are 30, well, almost 30, 29, um, in the world. And I talk about seven of them. I want to talk very briefly about why I picked the seven I did. So I wanted to focus primarily in Europe and I wanted to focus on stylings of king or and or queen. So you'll notice that there are some other European monarchies, but they don't typically style, there aren't any others styled as king and or queen in here. Um, I didn't want to talk about royal families that are harder to find events for, um, whose ethics I wholly disagree with, um, and I really just wanted it to be really simple. Um, and so these were the seven that I paid the most attention to on a regular basis. And that's what continued into this creation of this podcast. I had always intended to talk about some of the other royal families that I don't talk about. Um, on a broad scale like I'm doing now. I intended to do it a lot earlier. Um, but 2020 was rough on my mental health and a lot of things. And so my mental health is getting a little bit more in check. So now is the, now feels like the appropriate time to dive into this. Um, like I said, I'm not going to do a lot of in-depth information. If there are countries you want to hear more in-depth on, like, let me know. Um, and I'm happy to do that occasionally, but there are some that I won't, um, just because like 
I don't, I can't find nice things to say. Um, so this is all going to be a very, um, broad strokes discussion, um, with some, like, anecdotes here and there, if there are any to have. So, we are going to start with the Principality of Andorra, which will sound very familiar because there was just a state visit from King Felipe and Queen Letizia of Spain to the Principality of Andorra. So, it is a small, very small principality located between uh, Spain and France um, in the Pyrenees Mountains. Their system of government, they have a constitutional um, or parliament and things like that. Um, however, they do use two co-princes as heads of state. They are made co-princes automatically by the titles they already hold. So the first co-prince is the president of France, who is currently Emmanuel Marquon. Um, and then the other, the secondary, the other co-prince is the Bishop of Urgay, um, who is currently Jon Enric Vives Sicilia. Um, and they, when they leave their posting, so when there's a new president of France elected, um, that person will become presumably the co-prince. Um, I expect France will probably elect another man as their next president. Um, but I could be wrong. And if and when the Bishop of Urgell is given a new posting, then, or dies, or whatever happens, I don't really understand, I didn't look into that yet, um, then the next bishop will be the co-prince. So, the official language in Andorra is Catalan, which is also the language of Catalonia in Spain, which includes Barcelona, um, and Girona, um, although French, Portuguese, and Spanish are also spoken pretty intensely. We noticed that on the Spanish state visit. Um, I think Letizia was communicating in Spanish and had no problem. Um, Felipe would switch between both, I noticed. So, um, obviously I think it would be pretty simple, and I'm not sure if with the representative for Emmanuel Marcon, if Felipe spoke French, because he, he can, um, I didn't hear that, but I don't know if the, um, representative can also maybe speak Catalan. So that is Andorra. Next is the country of Bahrain, which is a very small country located in the Middle East off the coast of Saudi Arabia. It is a, um, Constitute or a yeah a constitutional monarchy. No, it's not. It's a hereditary monarchy, um, and the king holds absolute power for the most part. I mean, he's able to um, appoint the prime minister, who is also the currently at least the crown prince of Bahrain. Um, and this is all a. I don't know if Bahrain itself is a new country, but their current constitution was established in two thousand and two. So. I was almost 10 <laughs> when their constitution was established. Um, so the current king is Ahmad bin Isa al-Khalifa. Um, and look, there are a 
series of um, potential human rights violations because it's a Middle East royal family and that happens a lot in these countries. Um, it's just not great. And um, I don't know, this is why I don't talk about the Middle East royal families because I don't have a lot to, nice to say. So there is the information um, there, I personally love the fact that the Prime Minister is also somehow the Crown Prince. That's just, that's like chef's kiss kind of irony there. Um, okay, so that is like a whole thing. Um, and then we get to Bhutan. Um, so Bhutan is located in Asia, situated between China um, at the north and India to the south. Um, they are a hereditary monarchy as well, um, with the monarch being called the Druk Galat Gayapo, um, or translated to English, the Dragon Queen King, which is just adorable. Um, so the current Dragon King is Jigme Khazar uh, Namge Wangshuk. I had these all... <laughs> ready to pronounce and now that I'm like recording they're very hard um but he serves as the head of state and symbol of unity which makes Bhutan a constitutional monarchy because the dragon king does not have a lot of um power but I love this family um I decided not to go into like a lot of research on like whether I think their ethics are okay they um, Bhutan is a pretty happy, I guess like the happiest country, one of the happiest countries in the world. Um, because they're, I don't know, it's just really fun over there. But um, the king is really young. He has two young sons who are just the cutest and they share pictures of them all the time. And it's just like really, really adorable. Um, they're ones that I like love to just look at the pictures because they're such a pretty family. Um... So that is Bhutan. And next we get to Brunei. Um, and Brunei, I think, is... Hold on, I have to count. One, two, three... Okay, so this is our fourth country. Um, so Brunei is a small country in Asia with Malaysia to the south and the South China Sea to the north. Um, this is another absolute monarchy, which means the sultan, who is currently... Um, Hassanal Bokia um, has complete control and holds every single position in the top tier of the government. He is the foreign minister, the finance minister, the sultan, the prime minister. He's everything. Um, he makes all the choices. And apparently has like, if this is the guy I'm thinking of, he has an insane car collection that like he abandoned, I think. Um, his firstborn son is the crown prince, um, and yeah, so I wrote my, my note is overall, dude seems like an anti-modern ruler. Um, he has anti-LGBT stances, lots of different, like, what Westerners would consider, um, immoral beliefs. So, whatever. <laughs> Um, again, this is like, this is why I don't talk about a lot of these countries, um, because I say things like overall dude seems like an anti-modern ruler, which was like me scaling it down a little. Um, 
So that is Brunei, and then next we go to Cambodia. So Cambodia is kind of cool in their monarchy. Um, so they actually elect their king, um, and it it's not a hereditary monarch. I, they do have to be descendants of a certain person, like they have to be part of the bloodline of the, the royals, but they are. It's not a hereditary um, situation at all. Um, so I found that to be kind of cool. Um, so Cambodia is a small country near, um, it's actually not that small, um, near Thailand and Vietnam in that part of Asia. Um, it is categorized as a constitutional monarchy. Again, the king in this situation is a symbol of unity, um, and has no constitute or no legislative or authoritative powers. Um, the current king is Noradom Sihamoy, Sihamoy, um, but I just loved the fact that, like, it's an elected position, um, I think that's really interesting, I think it's, you know, different, I think that, for me, kind of takes away the, like, majesty of a royal family and that like you don't get to see the next king or queen grow up because you don't know who it's gonna be um which is something that I like in hereditary monarchies so I don't know but I, th I thought it was a really cool system and that um I don't know it was just unique and different and I think it's maybe the only I don't know I haven't written down information on all of them yet. I still have, like, a few to go. Um, but I think it might be one of the only elected monarchies left in the world. So, that is where we are stopping for today. Um, in our next couple of episodes, we're going to cover um, countries like Japan and the emperor over there, um, Jordan, which is a country that, like, I would love to follow more, but don't because time. Um, and then some principalities like Liechtenstein and Monaco, um, as well as some more, you know, Middle Eastern royal families like Saudi Arabia. Can't wait to talk about them. That one is not going to be pretty. Um, but also included is like the Vatican because that's another, um, I guess not elected, maybe elected. Um, but technically the Pope is considered a monarch. So that is what is coming up. <laughs> Maybe we'll do the Pope on Easter Sunday. So we'll finish this by Sunday next week on my recording, and we'll go with the Pope on Easter Sunday because that seems really fitting. So that's the plan. Um, it's going to be a really quiet week. So hang with me. Um, we'll still put out episodes probably most days. Um, and we'll go over some more of these countries. Like I said, there's 22 and we've gone through five. So we have some more. Um, and yeah, we will talk more tomorrow. But until then, have a great rest of your Monday. Uh, check out all the things, thedailyroyal.com, thedailyroyal on Instagram. Like and review the podcast and we'll talk tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye.